Good morning, and welcome to Overuse Anonymous, 7 a.m. Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is February 20th, and today we are reading in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 28 on the fourth paragraph, reading to the end of the chapter. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Martha Z, Susan H, Barbara E, Cecilia H, Tony Ann A. The reference numbers for yesterday, February 19th, 7 a.m. meeting, 11,066. For the 10 a.m. meeting, 11,067. So for 7 a.m., 11066. For 10 a.m. yesterday, uh, 11067. That's February 19th. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overreading can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Cecilia H. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Cecilia. Good morning. It's Cecilia H., compulsive overeater from Pittsburgh. Here are the 12 steps. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for the opportunity to be of service. Thank you, Cecilia. I will now ask for Tony Ann A. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Tony Ann. 
Good morning, everybody. This is Tony Ann A. from Montclair, New Jersey. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, every OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Tony Ann. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the descriptions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone should be muted except for this. Everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. In the chapter, there is a solution on page 28 in the fourth paragraph, that last paragraph reading through four paragraphs to the end of the chapter. I will now ask for Martha Z to get us started. Go ahead, Martha. Good morning, Amy. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. In the following chapter, there appears an explanation of alcoholism as we understand it, then a chapter addressed to the agnostic. Many who once were in this class are now among our members. Surprisingly enough, we find such convictions no great obstacle to further to a spiritual experience. Further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. These are followed by 42 personal experiences. Each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. These give a fair cross-section of our membership and a clear-cut idea of what has actually happened in their lives. We hope no one will consider these self-revealing accounts in bad taste. Our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need will see these pages, and we believe that it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say 
Yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. Good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, The line I want to pull out is, uh, each individual in the personal stories describes in his own language and from his own point of view the way he established his relationship with God. And when I first was reading the stories, I, I just thought they were there for identification. I I didn't realize that, that this was the point. And when I read that, it makes me think about um, how one of our teachers talks about the thesis line on page 45, which says that the main object of this book is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself that will solve your problem. So um, I personally... I believed in God, but I, God was not, I didn't use God in my life. He, I just believed that there was one. But when he removed this compulsion from me, I started to believe that he could help me with anything. And that's really how my faith started to grow. I thought, if you could help me with the thing that I struggled with more than in my entire life, then you must be able to help me with all this other stuff too. So, um, We were privileged enough last night to have a speaker um, from one of our Vision family. She she came down from New York, and she was talking about the big book. And she said, if I could summarize the big book in any word, she said, I would say surrender. I would use the word surrender. And I, when I shared, I said, I, I, a little over 40, excuse me, a little over 29 years ago, I surrendered, and I had (laughs) my bottom, which consisted of me and my husband and my two little girls who were four and seven, in bed with me. Tears are streaming down my face, and my four-year-old is wiping the tears off my face saying, Mommy's sad. And when they left, I got down on my knees, and I said to God, and I had called a treatment center the day before, and I said to God, I don't care what it is. I don't care. I I can't do this anymore. Please, please, please help me to get the help I need. So I I surrendered. So on February 15th, 29 years ago, I went to treatment for food addiction. And I have gratefully been living in recovery since then. And my recovery has certainly evolved over the years. And I can honestly say that this big book has enriched and deepen my recovery so much and especially so grateful to Vision for You because that has really been part of all that, you know, that that has been for me. So and I just wanted to say, though, that, that the greatest thing about the stories is, you know, certainly people can identify in and they can, you know, just like we talk about in Bill's story, like, did I think like Bill thought? Did I feel like Bill felt? Did I eat like Bill drank? So when we, you know, we start reading these stories and we, you know, we can see that even though they're talking about alcohol, it doesn't matter because all those other things are there. And you shake your head and you say, yeah, you know. Fine. Okay. That's all I have. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Micah Z. Okay. So who would like to share on what was read? Madam. This is Larry Kim Madam. Kim G. Kim G. from South Jersey. Melissa C. Chrissy. Chrissy G. Vasa O. Denise C. Okay, Denise C. Denise C. Okay, so I have a pretty good group here, I think. I've got Matt M., Larry K., Kim G., 
Martha C, Chrissy G, and Penny C. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, let's go with this. That's six. Okay. Matt M, you are up. Followed Thank by you, Mary. Amy. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M, a compulsive reader from New Jersey. Yeah, it's nice that these personal stories, they, they show us that it can be done. You can, you can, you can attain your own personal relationship with God of your own understanding. You know, a lot of the times when we were blocked off from God, there's four things that block us off from God. It's resentment, unwillingness to make restitution, thrill-seeking or ego, and secrets. And it's true, when we try to carry the message to others, it's to tell people where we were and how we established our relationship with our higher power. That's, and, that, that's, and that's how the, what the stories tell us. They, they say what they did, where they were, and how they established their, their, their connection to their higher power. It's really, that's why I love reading the stories when I have a chance, you know, especially Tightrope, one of my favorite stories. I relate to it on a one-to-one basis, and uh, I recommend it highly if you have a chance to read it. Um, but it's a wonderful story, and I recognize that I need to identify in, because if I start identifying out, like, oh, no one has to lose as much weight as I do, or no, no one has to uh, has the eating problem that I do, then I start to separate myself, and then I start to start keeping secrets from my sponsor, from everybody in the rooms. I start, you know, getting thrill-seeking. I start to go and eat again. You know, I start to get resentment towards myself, which is just as bad as resentment towards others. You know, so I have to really watch my behavior and have to try to keep my behavior above board, which is not easy for me since I've been struggling with the attitude lately. But I'm very really grateful that I'm here and grateful everybody's here on the room in the rooms and grateful the meeting is here. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Um, actually, I didn't have Penny C. It's Denise C. Got a little help there. So I just wanted to make sure you were in the queue there, Denise C. So it's Larry K., Kim, Kim G., Martha C., Chrissy G., and Denise C. Okay, Larry K., you're up, followed by Kim. Hi, Amy. Thanks for your service. Larry K., I'm recovered today. The, uh, you know, I, I learned of, uh, I became aware of a, a notion of God during my early childhood. I did not establish a relationship with God until I uh, came into these rooms and eventually took the actions embedded in a text called Alcoholics Anonymous. That's just my story. And as we learn about the solution in these paragraphs, you know, the main requisite was that for me that I had to be, you know, I had to learn to be willing to give up all of my old ideas of how things should or should not be. And, you know, lacking humility, I, I wanted to ask, you know, so you, you mean that none of my old ideas were good? And what those in whom the problem had been solved led me to understand was, hey, buddy, if, if we find any of your, your intellectual mumbo jumbo, any of your ideas worth keeping, we'll, we'll tell you. We'll let you know. And in the meantime, don't worry so much about it. Just learn to remain willing to give up all your old ideas as you seek to reexamine them in light of of the truth as you progress in this program, you know, learning to apply the 12 steps in all your affairs. And the next requisite, if, I, if I'm going to know any peace of mind or serenity in my life, was that I was going to have to learn to relinquish my judgment about anything and everything that occurs. And I'd have to learn to rely on the judgment of my higher power to make the decisions for me in light of my, the truth of my higher power. And that was a tall order for a guy like me, not easy to lay aside my old ideas because with the spiritual solution, you know what happens? My old ideas had to die. My ideas were replaced with God's ideas because almost everything, all external expectations that I had, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these, these just, you have to fall away. And in the face of the death of self, 
leaving only what is truly important, which is a living creator, a power greater than myself. We get away from working the steps in this text, and that's why our rates of recovery in the rooms are not so great. And damn, if I didn't come into, the, to, into OA thinking this was merely another diet plan, and rather, for me, what it really has become is a death of the old self plan. You know, it was, I had to die. All these old ideas had to die. And then I became unblocked from a higher power imperfectly. Very grateful. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry K. Kim G., your turn, followed by Martha C. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Uh, each individual in his personal story is described in his own language, from his own point of view, the way he established his relationship with God. You know, it doesn't say that these stories tell us how people stop drinking. So why is that? Why is, why is it so important that we get a relationship with a power greater than ourselves? So I just kind of want to look. We're ending this chapter. What is this chapter telling me about me if I'm a real compulsive overeater of this type? You know, on page 17, I'm being told that being joined on the common problem is not sufficient. And the great news of this book carries is that we have a common solution. You know, I'm told on page 19 that elimination of my drinking is but a beginning. I have to have the food down to address the larger aspect, my mental twist. On page 23, I'm told that the observations of the allergy are academic and pointless if I never took that first bite. Therefore, my main problem is in my mind. You know, on page 24, I'm told if I am the real compulsive overeater, I have no choice, no willpower, and no memory. I'm told on page 20 and 21 who I am not. Am I the moderator who can take it or leave it alone? Check my own experience. Absolutely not. Am I the heavy eater that with sufficient consequences I'm going to stop eating? My experience, absolutely not. Because, you see, if I am the moderate eater or the heavy eater, I don't need the 12 steps. I don't need Overeaters Anonymous. Conventional diet programs do work. Decrease the calories you eat. Increase your exercise. You will lose weight. So until I know what I suffer from, this solution is just interesting information that maybe I'll do at some point in the future. You know, I still remember I was, I was teaching a, a sponsee on um, the chapter of working with others and saying how we have, to, we have to slam home what our real problem is. Because until we know what we suffer from, why do we care about the rest of it? So really, in order to sell the hope of step, step two, I need to sell the hopelessness of step one. And she laughed because she said, oh, my God, Kim, this is like my sales classes. She was a pharmaceutical rep. And she was talking about the fact that, you know, we don't sell the, 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 um, the heart medication. We sell the consequences if the heart medication is not taken. And once we understand the dire nature, if, we, if someone has a heart disease, suddenly the sale of the heart medication is easy. And it was funny because I'm watching TV a couple days later, and I'm watching the commercial for Viagra. And Viagra doesn't tell you what happens to the male genitalia when they take this blue pill. It's just a bunch of pictures of pretty girls looking at the camera longingly. And once a guy wants that pretty girl, the sell of Viagra is easy. So that's why this book is selling us. It's selling us on we are screwed. I cannot eat safely, and I cannot be abstinent contently. And that's why that last line is so important. Yes, I am one of them. I must have this thing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Martha C., you're up, followed by Chrissy G. 
Go ahead, Martha. Press star one to unmute. Maybe another Martha? Hi, I'm wondering if it was Melissa C. You know what? I'll go with that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I thought it might I did hear your voice, Melissa. I just didn't get to it. So I, if it wasn't Martha, you just go ahead. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I hope I'm not stepping in in someone's turn then. Um, That's fine. Go ahead. Thank you. Time in. Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, so my convictions, like this tells me that my convictions are not an obstacle to having a spiritual experience. And um, and that's really good news. And um, and that all I really need to do is follow directions so I can have a spiritual experience. Like that's that's what the purpose of this book is for. And, and thankfully we're going to get clear-cut directions, you know. So I'm going to read how to do it, and then I'm going to get to read um, – how other people did it, how other people built their own relationship with God. And, um, you know, and what I can learn here is that these um, stories, that there's a very specific reason why we tell our stories. You know, it's not, um, it's not to brag, you know, or to get a lot of pity, um, but it's self-revealing. And, you know, like for, for me, um, self-revealing is like new. That's still like new because um, I spent my life hiding the things, not revealing the things that I didn't want others to see and revealing the things that I thought would um, be useful for me. You know, so I was always trying to present myself like some like some kind of product. You know, I was hoping others would like want to purchase this. And so um you know, I was like the president of like the Melissa Public Relations Department. And when I heard somebody tell that to me, that that's what they were like, I was like, oh, my God, that's what needs to be um, undone. You know, like I needed to fire that. I need to fire that concept. And, you know, so self-revealing now is not to sell you myself, but um, to hopefully share something you can already know. So we disclose, um, just like the stories in here, we disclose ourselves so that um, another compulsive reader can identify. Maybe they have what we have. Maybe I have what these people have. And come to see how they created um, a spiritual relationship. And so that's like, that's how we share. You know, we share our honest selves with a specific person, telling what actually happened in our lives, how we came to have a concept of God that worked for us so that others might say, yeah, I have that. I have this thing, and, and maybe this thing will work for me too. And, um, and you don't need a God concept. You know, you don't need this great conviction of a God um, to do it. You just actually need to do it. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Chrissy G., your turn. Hi. <clears throat> it's Chrissy G. It's my turn. Yes. Oh, hi. I'm recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And um, I, I'm so grateful for the stories. I'm so grateful for the people in the, in the first meetings that I went to that shared so openly and honestly about how they felt and where they were, what happened and where they, where they are now. And that recovery, that hope that spread 
through that message is it it's priceless because i i really didn't um come into the program obviously you know for, on some moral basis like trying to be a better person i just wanted to stop hurting i wanted to stop experiencing the um hamster wheel of addiction i wanted freedom in my mind and in my life um and when i heard people have freedom in the stories in the back and also the stories that people shared in meetings i couldn't get enough of it i couldn't get enough of it first of all because i had never heard people say the things that i felt out loud in front of other people it was just it was really explosive it really uh was like wildfire how how i got um inspired and swept up by the program by hearing the stories and reading the stories in the back it um i don't know if if i didn't get that insight into people's lives and what they experienced if it would have had the same effect on me um coming into the program and for me still today it's so important for whatever stage of recovery i'm i'm in or my spiritual walk my spiritual life to find people that i could identify with who are maybe just a a couple of steps ahead of me on the path on the spiritual path to be able to say yes yes i i went through that spiritually and and i came through the other side doing the steps maybe it's um you know needing needing to do more 12 step work or go deeper or or maybe it's outside issues that other people that i could i could um identify with with outside issues and be able to get help that they got because now there's a level of trust for me because it's no longer just that idea of hope it's also my story that i was hopeless and i worked this program and and i have different experiences today in my life i have freedom i have a certain amount of freedom not every day some days i'm in bondage of self but i have so much more freedom than i ever have and so now it's not just an idea it's it's my truth and with that i pass thank you chrissy denise c it's your turn hi this is denise c from georgia i'm a compulsive overeater recovering at this 24 hours i love this uh whole entire chapter but i love this part where it says that they tell their personal stories in their own language and from their own point of view and the way that he established his relationship with god i i'm happy this is at the end of the chapter of the solution because it tells our fellowship that it's not about just losing weight it's about your relationship with god and when i do outreach calls or work with a sponsor or go through the doctor's opinion with an individual i remind them that you you you're not on a diet if you work the program it'll work but you have to form a spiritual relationship with god you 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 need to with the god of your understanding that you need to have a spiritual awakening it may not come instantly it may take a while 
but that's what the program is, is that relationship with God. It's not about the weight. I had one sponsor say that she was weighing herself, you know, about twice a week, and I said, you're more concentrated on the weight than you are on your relationship with God. If you work on that, the weight will come off. You work your program, and it will work. And um, I explained in her, I shared my story with her, and she was able to see that, thank God, I was like Bill W. When I came into OA, I had this sudden awakening of a relationship with God that I've known for all my life, but it was different. It was a closeness that he can help me through anything. And I got that from reading this book. And I tell a lot of, of when I do outreach calls that page 164 is not the end of the big book. These personal stories mean something. They tell you something. They get you to understand that there are people in your situation, people that are worse off than you, that actually survived in this program because of their personal relationship with God. They were able to to find that and to hold on and to remain abstinent because of their relationship with God. And I like the part that says, uh, fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be pursued. It will be to say yes. Excuse me, that I am one of them. I must have this thing. Fully disclosing ourselves and our problems to another human, in another human being, it can be a hard thing to do when you're uncovering things that have been buried for so many years. But until you do this, fully disclose it, your relationship with God is not what it should be. And also to say, yes, I am one of them, I must have this thing, is a great opportunity. And I am glad to say, Denise from Georgia, I am one of them, and I must have this thing. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for allowing me to share, and thank you for your service. Thank you, Denise. Okay, just to remind everyone where we are, we are on page 28, that last paragraph, reading four paragraphs to the end of the chapter, There is a Solution. So who else would like to chime in, please? Nancy, Nancy. 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 Barbara. Okay, I, okay. Uh, I heard Nancy. Yes. Okay, Nancy. I, I can't get anybody, so everybody, I need you to quiet for one second, and let's try this again, because I heard a bunch of people at once, but when that happens, Barbara. I actually don't get anybody. So I got a Nancy C. I got Barbara. Simba. Kenji T. Nessa R. Kenji I got Nessa R. Simba M. What was that again? Simma? Simma M. Simma M. Okay, so I've got Nancy C., Barbara E., Vasa O., Tenson T., Nessa R., and Simma M. Okay, Nancy, it's your turn. Hi, this is Nancy from Boston. Can I be heard? I can hear you. Okay, great. Um, so I um, sat in meetings for now closer to 50 than 40 years. And um, all that time, I would hear people share about, you know, the life second to none and how they were, you know, embracing everything. And because I knew everything, I thought, 
that I just could read this book or go to those meetings and sort of sit on the foam on top and not go swimming. And um, I would sit there in despair often, always on my way up or always on my way down, never maintaining my weight. And my serenity was just I had a nodding acquaintance from down the block. And um, then I got, I had heard about a vision and I thought, that's just another phone meeting from those, some people that weren't me and that I didn't want to know. And um, when I finally was brought to my knees and, you know, dialed in, I I felt better immediately, of course, and then, um, you know, was looking back at my life and um, seeing that all those years I sat there and said, they have this thing. How come not me? Why not me? And now I feel as though I can have this thing. Not I must have this thing, but I can even have this thing. I would think maybe I must have this thing, but I never felt like I could get it until I put down the food, I picked up these tools, I worked with a sponsor, I got honest, and I started actually doing the steps. And I can't, I mean, I just can't even say how much I've changed and how much better I feel and how much more hope I have. So um, thank you all so much for your service, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy. Barbara E. followed by Vasa O. Good morning, everyone. It is. It is Barbara E. in New Jersey. Thank you so much. This chapter, There is a Solution, means everything to me. First of all, I was raised in the religion that my family gave to me. It was really not a God of connection. And here I was being told to find a, a God personal to me. I, it, I needed it desperately so that I would understand how to be a better me. I couldn't demand that my God needed to explain stuff me, to me. I just had to know I had to be a lesser God. And I had to act rightly by reaching out to others to take corrective action. Now, I am a compulsive overeater. I've always been one. I came in 21 years ago and I picked up the tools. Today, 21 years later, I am abstinent. But I must confess, I just ate my abstinent oatmeal all alone in the kitchen, and I licked the bowl. The compulsive overeater and liquor is still me. But my program, the program that the steps gave me, the program of Recover Me, recovery has enabled me to make some amazing changes in my life, to know myself and to know how to stay centered to stop allowing others to edit my reality, to tell me what their God was like and that I had to have their God or I'd be doomed. I could choose my own God of my own understanding. I had to learn and did through this program of action that we're going to be reading about to stop taking things personally. I learned to stop pressuring others to change. I learned to develop a healthy perspective towards myself, my feelings, and my emotions. I learned to appreciate what is and to comfort myself when I feel hurt or disappointed. I learned to use my moral, personal compass to guide my life. And I learned to embrace relationships and tensions as the fuels for personal growth. 
I learn to accept that the problem is often not my real problem. And I learn that when I'm angry or resentful or annoyed, to not react by trying to control others or manipulate them. And I learn to stop pressuring myself to submit when I didn't want to or simply withdraw by looking away, leaving the room. I learned what true intimacy is. And if you look at it and divide it in syllables, intimacy means into me you see. If you love me, you'll do what I say. If you love me, you'll do what I want. If you love me, you'll know what I want before I ask. These kind of practices make love into a kind of blackmail. People don't do things because of who we are, but because of who they are. I've learned all this through the program. I was always looking for environmental support, looking for validation outside of me. Now I know that self-support, looking for validation from within, is what I need to do. It is something that I work on every single day by doing all 12 steps every single day, perhaps one at a time. But I recognize and respect your individuality, thank you, as well as my own. I love this program. I can't wait to get into the next chapter, and I wish you all a blessed day. Thank you, and thank you, Amy. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Vasa O, followed by Tenshin C. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Amy, for, for your service, and I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater calling from Florida. And there is a solution. I was thrilled to find out finally after struggling with the food for so long, so many years, there was a solution. And yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. And when they gave me this big book and I read the stories, I read it from the beginning to the end. I could not wait to find out what the solution was. And I don't I, I didn't read the book all the book all at one sitting, but I couldn't wait to finish it, you know, whenever I could sit down and, and read it. And I love, you know, reading the stories and uh, the, the the solution they found, the alcoholics for their drinking and I and for me I needed to find a solution for my food addiction. Everything I have learned up to this point is from here. I did not know I had the disease. I did not know I had the um, the mental obsession. I did not know I had the allergy. Everything that I have learned, I have learned it right here in the big book. And I love to hear other people's stories, not just in the big book, and just people like in the special edition, special um yeah, on Sundays, I love to hear the stories, and I love to hear other people's stories here, here and there, not the whole thing, but parts of the stories, and that's how I get to know people. But for me, I remember my sponsor said at that time, I mean, I had spiritual awakening the minute I went to my first meeting, you know, just to hear how the program worked, how the steps worked, how the tools worked, and how I needed to 
find a power greater than myself. And that was the key for me because that's what I learned. I needed to have a relationship with God before I could put the food down. I couldn't put it down. Maybe other people could do it, you know, differently. But for me, I needed to get on my knees and to surrender to God, to a higher power, whatever it was, and to admit I was powerless of the food and my life was unmanageable. I couldn't do it any longer. I did have that experience like Bill had. It was the instant, and that was the beginning of my personal relationship with, with God, and it hasn't stopped. It has increased over the years, working the steps and getting the awakenings and experiences is just amazing. And um, this is awesome, you know, this, to go through the solution and to find from the solution for my eating disorder. And I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Bata O. Kenton, please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for all the shares and everyone who's listening as well. Um, I'm going to share about some of the phrases that uh, pop out for me. Beginning right at the beginning of the section we've read, the following chapter is an explanation of alcoholism and a chapter to the agnostic. It's it helps me a lot to um, have a, a logical and clear approach to, you know, the whole picture because that's certainly a problem for me in active addiction, having a, a sense of the whole picture. And also that we've just been talking about um, that going to church is not enough, spiritual experience, really important, that that having a chapter the agnostic is just, underlined here that that's what's next seems really thoughtful on my part and then you know and that being agnostic is no obstacle to spiritual experience it says in the next sentence how spacious of you how wonderful our program is that everyone is welcome Um, I felt relief hearing this and I at the beginning of uh, my uh, coming into 12-step programs I felt I was too smart to believe in God and also too stupid to understand the theology. So I was challenged on both ends. Um, Next phrase uh, talks about uh, further on, we will give clear-cut directions on how we recovered and then 42 personal stories. Again, giving a plan of the book, so helpful, clear-cut, simple, user-friendly, reliable, logical, trustworthy is what I hear in this. And I was so lost in the tailspin of emotions and drama that to hear this about that we will be using our heart but using our good minds as well, so helpful to me. And um, and then as someone else already pointed out, personal stories, talk of, uh, each one talks about how they establish a relationship with God. Do you know I never interpreted those in that way. So I just laugh. Every time I go through the big book with the help of our study, I learn so much in these little phrases that point to such big, big concepts of recovery. So, um, yeah, many desperately in need. Um, 
at the at the very end of this uh, uh, chapter. You know, Maya. I hear sure that the motivation is compassion with wisdom in the whole endeavor, and I rejoice in that. Thank you for letting me share. Many blessings. Thank you, Tenson. Nessa R. Followed by Suma M. Nessa, it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning, vision for you. My name is Nessa R. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, in the closing lines of this um, chapter two, there is a solution. The phrase "clear cut" is used twice, and you know, as we all heard. Um, Bill didn't like to use the same expressions, the same words repeatedly. So if he's doing that here, um, it must be very, um, very important, something he wants me to pay attention to. And this, this clear cut phrase refers to the instructions contained in this book, the steps that these men and women followed in order to, to get recovered. And so this tells me a number of things. Number one, that I don't, if I if I do what they did, if I follow exactly the procedures they followed, I'm going to get what they got, which is recovery. Not sobriety, not abstinence, but recovery. And number two, that I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I don't need to come up with my own method to get recovered. So, you know, for years and years and years, I devised my own methods. You know, I tried many different things from diets to therapy. Some of, the, some of those things I even tried more than once, you know, um, hoping that this time it would be different and this time it would, it, would, it would help. Of course, all these times I was just pursuing abstinence. I, I didn't call it abstinence then. I just, I just called it a diet or whatever. But I was pursuing abstinence. And, you know, they worked. They worked for a time. I was able to be abstinent. I was able to lose weight. But I was never able to stay that way. You know, I was never able to stay that way because there was a, a peace missing, right? And it's the peace that addresses, that addresses my mind, which only these clear-cut instructions address. And so, you know, um, I have learned now in recovery that it is not about abstinence. It is about recovery. And it is not about not eating, which I was able to do many times throughout my life. It is not about not eating. It's about not wanting to eat. And all those things that I tried, they never, never made me not want to eat. You know, because I was always waiting for the time when I could eat again. You know, when I get to the go wait or after the wedding or, you know, um, you know, after the summer, whatever it is, right? I was, I always wanted to eat, but it is not that. It's, it's about being well, about facing life challenges or whatever comes without having to eat. Um, you know, and that's what I can do now. Like food is not, not only it's not an option, it's not even on the radar screen. I don't need food to get through life, you know, and I have the best life that I have ever had after following these clear-cut instructions, and I pass. Thank you. Amy, we don't hear you. Star one to unmute. Oh, sorry. I was telling everyone else to star one to unmute. <laughs> I forgot to unmute. Sim M, please go ahead. I beg your pardon. Are you there? Sim? 
Hi, can I be heard now? I can hear you. Hi, this is Sima M., Grateful Compulsive Overeater Living in Recovery. Uh, this, I found this book and studied this book 43 years ago when I first came into OA. I was lucky to have been taught by somebody who had been practicing it through AA. Uh, I wish I could say I've been recovered since then, but that's not been my case. Um, but uh, the book did touch me in a way that I just knew that I was one of That's for sure. I knew I was one of them before I came in, even though I was already thin, because I, had, I knew what was coming. I already was... Uh, feeling the hopelessness that I was sinking down and I was going to dive back into the food. Uh, but knowing that there was a solution gave me hope and it gave me, and that other people had experienced it. Uh, and the stories, uh, I just think it's funny that they said that they hope they're not in bad taste. I mean, things that have happened since then and nothing is in bad taste these days. So um, I just, as it said, desperately in need, and these pages gave me, as was said, the clear-cut directions, and I was ready to follow those directions to the end of the earth, and um, I don't know why I couldn't get it earlier, but um, I couldn't get the abstinence to stay with me, even though I was working the um, as, well, as well as I could, working the uh, steps. And um, But sometimes it doesn't work at first, and then it works at last. So when I came into A Vision for You and heard A Vision for You, I had a second spiritual experience because these were the people that um, actually did it and actually did get the recovery from the, the food as well as um, a changed life. And for today, I'm one of those, and I am grateful to uh, Vision for You finally coming back into my life and um, showing me how people actually have recovered by using and working these steps and living a life free from the obsession to compulsively overeat. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. We have time for one, maybe two shares. We kind of split it at two and a half minutes there. So who would like to share? Susan H. Naomi B. Susan H. And Naomi B., if you guys would both take two and a half minutes, you can both share. Susan H., let's roll. Thank you. This is Susan H. in Ohio, a recovery compulsive eater. Um, surprisingly enough, we find such conviction. This is what stood out to me to start with. We find such convictions no great obstacle to spiritual experience. This stood out to me. It's that reminder of the offer that this program can help all who want to recover and are willing to do the actions, the 12 steps set forth in this book. It's an invitation to all, even me, with my inadequate view of HP, which I did have at the time. Um, further on, clear-cut directions are given showing how we recovered. It's precise. It's so good and so <laughs> recyclable. I go back to it time and time again. Um, that is it's precisely, that's what my day starts out with every day. Uh, the daily practice of grasping that flimsy reed and knowing it is the loving and powerful hand of God. 
Upon awakening, HP is where I look to maintain my spiritual fitness for today and receive my daily reprieve, which I am extremely grateful for and amazed by. I love what I've learned and have been given in OA. I love what I've learned and been given in studying the big book, and I'm so grateful that more will be revealed. Without that gift, I may may want to rest on my laurels. That will not help me. I'm so grateful to my higher power for showing me my worth and his love. Yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. And I will pass. Thank you, Susan H. Naomi B. Hi, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. This is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Um, Last night I was at a meeting. Um, my face, one of my face-to-face meetings, and I had a wonderful speaker there from New York, and it was just amazing and loving and fabulous. Um, I, too, am saying, surprisingly enough, we find such convictions no great obstacle to a spiritual experience. Also, further on, clear-cut directions are giving showing how we recovered recovered not recovering recovered ed and it's just amazing i had the honor of allowing um not allowing but going to a a convention a conference conference oh back in i believe it was march 2013 and i had been in program for a couple years but i didn't really know about the big book and there was this learned teacher there amazing that popped open the big book for me and it just transformed my life it just absolutely transformed my life. I didn't even know because prior to that, my sponsor just had me reading five pages of the big book and writing a paragraph. It was lip service. But that weekend, the book came alive for me, and it's transformed my life. And down here at the last sentence, it says, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. And in one of our meetings or one of our phone, yeah, one of our phone meetings, I wrote underneath that, this program is not something I do. It is something I am. And I am that. This program has come alive for me. I always had a relationship with a higher power, but you see, I never, had, I never turned my food over. The food was mine. And with, with me being the boss of the higher power of the food, I was able to eat my Self up to like 280 pounds, and I'm only five foot tall. Thank you, God, that's not that way today. He has taken 100 pounds off my body, and I'm doing things I don't even know about. It is just miraculous. This program works. I have the honor of sponsoring, and I tell them by the big book, as it's laid out, cut clear, clear cut directions. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. Thank you for being there for me. And all my teachers, I love you. You know who you are. And I'm going to hang up because I'm going to start crying. I love you and God bless you. Thank you for allowing me to share. And I pass. Thank you so much, Naomi B. Thank you so much, everyone, who has shared for such an awesome meeting. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. The share ID for today's meeting, Tuesday, February 20th, is 11,069. That's 11069. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, 
followed by the serenity prayer. Susan H., could you please read a vision for you? I can. Thank you. This is Susan H. Our book is meant to be suggested only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to us, to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.